Hi, and welcome to Aviation Past and Present on Coast Access Radio 104.7 FM with John Skeen and interrupted occasionally by myself, Graham Joyce. John, welcome to the studio. Good afternoon, Graham. It's always a pleasure to be here. First top program of the year, 2023. Yes. I'm trying something different this year. Good. I'm actually just having pictures in front of me rather than trying to work my way through a script. So we're having radio with pictures today. Indeed. And we won't hold the pictures up in front of the microphone because no one will see them. <laughs> but your very first pic, or let's talk about your theme, mm. aviation-related opportunities while on holiday this summer. Yep. I'm going to have a brief look at things aviation you can see from the north of the North Island, up around Kerry Kerry, all the way down to Invercargill. Right. So if you're in any of these places... And there'll be a few I've missed, but I apologise in advance. Right. Now, this one I, I hadn't heard of, Waipaka Kauri. Waipaka Kauri oh. Airfield, yep. Just north of Kerry Kerry. Right. Uh, and it was um, built in World War Two, And at that time, we were still flying biplane reconnaissance aircraft. Right. Because Vincent's and Wildebeest and whatnot. And they were based there. So this was a training airfield? or uh, It was... Um, I guess it was training to a certain extent. But also operational. It was operational and it was for coastal reconnaissance, basically. Right. And then uh, more powerful American-type airplanes came in and, uh, you know, went further, further mm. afield. But mm. um, there's still a nice memorial featuring an aircraft propeller on a big pole and there's a nice um, plinth with some details on it. Right. So if you're up near Kerry Kerry, it's a place to go and look. Right, I must confess that... Um that, that's one that I had I haven't run across it in, in, in my reading. There you go. That's but a the good next, starter. Eh? But the next one, though, ah. this is one of my childhood favourites. Do and tell. still is. <laughs> Do tell. Auckland War Memorial. Yep, I've been there a few times. Uh, there are lots of exhibits to do with um, the war, obviously, because it's in the name. But they have a really nice Spitfire, a Mark 16, complete with bubble canopy, and a Mitsubishi Zero. Mm. Which is untouched, I believe, right. from the wartime. As a boy, we would go there regularly, or even as an adult, mm -hmm. and that was always the first place to go to, <laughs> to look at the Spitfire and the Zero. Yeah, well, there you go. Iconic airplanes in their own right. I bet there must be people eager to get their hands on such pristine Ooh. examples. Oh, yeah, I would say so. The the Spitfires had a, a bit of a restoration some years right. ago, and uh, it'll be there looking good for a long time yet. Right, and it's still fully equipped, engine, all Ooh. the bits and pieces, I guess. Uh, well, being a, a museum, it probably is, because that's what they try that's to what do. That's what they try and do, yep. Mm. I believe the engine's still in there. Right. Uh, I and the Zero, I believe, has been untouched pretty much, just tidied up a bit. There we are. Um, and then also in Auckland, there's Motat, and I love Motat. Oh, isn't it superb? <laughs> Motat is really a two-day event. It is, yes. You cannot get round Motat in one day. Yeah. Um, we tend to go to the main entrance and then get on the tram, mm. and that takes you round to Maloa Road, where the aviation site is. Yes. And it has a fantastic extension to the building now, huge, mm. big wooden extension, lovely. I like wooden um, structures. They just look nice and feel nice they're more natural mm. and, and it's huge nowhere else in the world can you see a Sunderland flying boat and a Solent flying boat mm. next to each other because they used to be stored at Miola Road Miola Road that's the one yeah and, outside and during my uh, post office training days 
I used to stay in a small hotel uh-huh. down the road from there. And for my evening run, I would run up around past these aeroplanes. Uh-huh. So it's nice to see them now. Me- memory lane, eh? Mm. And I've actually been into the into Otach and seen them rehoused. It's nice to see mm-hmm. them now protected and um, and preserved, I guess the word is, because well, they were suffering out in the weather. Apart from the big flying boats, there's also a Lancaster, which is relatively rare, uh, a mosquito right through to the um, the Air Mackies and the Skyhawk that were, were just, you know, the aircraft were disbanded from their squadron some years ago. I was surprised standing under the Lancaster how... Big it is. Now, I always knew it was a big aeroplane, mm-hmm. but standing underneath it, I'm looking up and thinking, that was a big bit of kit. With not much modification, if I get my facts right, they carried the 12,000-pound Grand Slam mm. bomb. Exactly. I bet it leaped in the air when the bomb left. <laughs> Indeed. <laughs> yes, yes. Anyway, it's worth a visit if you get there. Mm. Uh, we'll travel south and west a little bit to New Plymouth. Now, this is probably not very well known, but there's um, a nice air espresso cafeteria uh, in New Plymouth to aircraft terminal there, aviation terminal. And it's um, the brainchild of a gentleman called Jim Hickey. The weatherman. The weatherman of yes. Bay Bay. And his father was a Spitfire pilot, I believe. Right. And this is a kind of a, it started off as a memorial to his dad, but it's become a franchise. And so there's an espresso in New Plymouth, and there's one in Queenstown, and one in Dunedin, I believe. And it's um, it's if you're an aviation person, there's something to see that would suit everybody there. Right, right. Just worth a look. Nice, clever way to incorporate oh. history into a modern modern setting. Very much so. Mm. Um, and now we come to the Wellington region and Capity Coast. And the and the Cavity Aviation Museum. It is, yes. Really worth a visit. It is. Um, I hope to volunteer there on Monday mm-hmm. uh, as, a, as a sort of a guide, if you like. Um, Cavity's featuring uh, a, a, a museum hunt competition. Indeed, yes. And uh, I, I'll be part of the team there on Monday telling people about how good the Wee Museum is. Because mm. at the Cavity Museum, they've got the... Um, section of fuselage and equipment from the air calibration flight. Have they still got it there? Actually, I'm trying to... Th- I think it's been superseded. They have a radio operator station from a Lancaster. Oh, is that in, in Eliz- right? Elizabeth Street up here. Oh, yes, that's over uh-huh. in Elizabeth Street. Yes. I was thinking of the Aviation Museum ah. down down Capity Road. It, it should be. It sh- they should have one. Mm. Mm. <laughs> the whole of the airport belonged to the Ministry of Transport. yes. And the calibration flight friendships were based there when I was working on friendships at that mm. time. So, interesting. Um, another feature there is the actual propeller from the pioneer pilot Will Scotland who flew at Otaki in 1913. Mm. And the propeller is actually in the museum. So it's a direct link to way back in time. And that's a rare and unique thing to still be in existence, oh, yeah. isn't it? Very much so, yep. Mm. He mm. actually crashed there and there's... You can see the nicks in the propeller. Right. <laughs> Back in the day. And then trip to the Capity Coast would not be, um, wouldn't be complete without going to see the Southwood Car Museum. Mm. And they have a small aircraft section there. Just and interesting Tiger Moth, um, a vampire jet, one of the early jets from the wartime. And um, a 
a replica of a Vickers plane from, I think, Magnificent Men in the Flying Machine. Hangs right, up there. yes. And yes. numerous engines, a Merlin. Um, Some Bristols. Bristol Centaurus, I think it is. Mm, mm. Worth a look. And the cars are just beautifully displayed. Stunning. And Southwoods is developing a new, what's the word, section perspective. They're actually getting in modern um, supercars of various types. Oh, yeah. And, and I was there recently and they had a big black Holden Ute. Right. All tricked up, beautiful looking thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And the police car that ran into the uh, <laughs> the shingle barrier on, on the new expressway yes. on Transmission Gully. It's, it's a famous police car, that one. Is that, do, do they have the name of the police officer uh, attached no, to it's, it? No, it's, um, it's been removed. Indeed. <laughs> <laughs> now, going further afield, and, and we're going into the wire wrapper now, uh, I'm very aware of uh, Peter Jackson or Sir Peter Jackson's collection at Hood Aerodrome. Mm. Stunning airplanes. They look like they just came off the production line. Just amazing. Um, and one of my previous guests, uh, Mr. John Lanham, mm-hmm. or Wing Commander Lanham, as he, as he was known in his uh, operational days, and he was a guest here one time, and I really enjoyed having his company on the radio station. Mm. Um You'll see some of the old planes flying on the weekends. Uh, they now have a, an opportunity there where you can have a commercial flight in a tiger moth. Nice. If, the, if, if everything is uh, like weather and pilots and maintenance all line up, um, they will take you for flying a tiger moth. And it's a proper CAA certificated operation. Yep, so yep. So it's you... like going any other commercial yep. aircraft. Do they supply good warm... Uh, yes, um, oh, yes, they, yes, they have a selection of hats and jackets so you can look the part. And keep warm. And keep warm, and they sit you in the front seat and away you go. Right. And you can come back and say, I flew a tiger moth. Mm. So we'll now skip over Cook Strait as we can. It's uh, kind of halfway through the show here. And um, first stop is Blenheim. And what do we have in Blenheim, Graham? The Omaka Aviation oh, Heritage Centre. That's wonderful. And I was there only last week. And he's still smiling. <laughs> oh, I must confess, <clears throat> I was surprised, pleasantly surprised. Mm. I'd heard various comments about how good it was. Well, I was blown away by how superb it is. Yeah. We only had time to do the World War I um, section. We'll go back later and do the World okay. War Two, But just superb. From the moment you walk at the door yep. and you're greeted with, I'm trying to think what the name of the plane is, with the warp wing. Oh, the Taube. Mm. The Rumpler Taube. Yeah. Yep. Um, I'm not sure how to, um, to describe it. It's just stunning. It is. It is definitely worth stopping. Yes. And now we only had an hour, uh, hour and a half. Now, that really only got us through the first part, mm-hmm. I think you need to allow three, perhaps four hours for Easy. a really decent look. And a coffee. And a coffee, <laughs> absolutely. Well, I, I actually went to the, the the World War II part earlier last year mm-hmm. on a trip down south. My all-time favourite New Zealand wartime plane is there, and it was X, the collection of Mr John Smith of Mapua. And uh, on his passing, his collection was bequeathed to... Umaka. Right. And they have done a wonderful job of respecting the aircraft and the collection, and the display is magnificent, so you mm. need to go back. 
my favorite plane is called Gloria Lions, and Gloria Lions was a P-40 that was adopted um, by the armorers in the Pacific, and Gloria Lyons was a, a, a girl patient in a Christchurch hospital. She had TB, and she became the pen pal of the armorers. And her name appeared on at least four airplanes. Mm, mm. But it's there in all its glory, lovely. And it hasn't been restored. It's just been sympathetically uh, presented as, as it was found. John Smith's Mosquito is all back in one piece now, and they have a special fuel system so they can run the engines for a few minutes at a time. Oh, right. There's a little tank that sits behind the engine, so it's, right, yes. they didn't have to restore the whole fuel system. Right. Just enough to start it up and let people hear the Merlin oh. crackling away. So if you get back down there, make it on an engine run day. Absolutely, absolutely. Mm. Next stop is Wigram. Mm-hmm. And it's the RNZAF Museum at, at Base Wigram. Wonderful museum. Oh, it's was stunning, there, stunning as well. Was there three or four years ago? Yes. Um, it was interesting. <laughs> Went in there with my wife and daughters, and they said to me, okay, you can have an hour, and then we're going. Mm-hmm. Two hours later, I'm saying, ladies, we said we had to be going. They were so enthralled by what yes, they saw. Yes. Just outstanding. Beautifully presented. Yes. Um, the whole of Wigram Air Base now is pretty much housing and shopping centres, mm. uh, but they have the original 40 acres that was bequeathed right. by Wigram back in the day. Right. So there's a bit of land to be seen mm. still. Um, i trying to remember what the plane that's hanging on the roof. Is it yes. the, the Vampire it, of Venom? Vampire. And oh, it, okay. it, it actually has a big dent in the tail, Dale. Yes, it's not there. There's only one plane hanging in the ceiling at the moment. Right. Uh, which was, um, it's actually a Blerio plane, one of the very early planes to oh, come right. to New Zealand. Have yeah. they taken down the vampire? The other ones are down. I'm not sure where they are, but this, you can still see the ding in the beam upstairs. Mm. Where, <laughs> where the earthquake shook it, it around. Shook, shook the plane. It, it travelled about six feet. Mm. Amazing. And also in Christchurch, we have uh, Ferry Mead Park, the Aviation Museum. Mm. Now, I, I go there because I, I know the curator, uh, Dennis Jones. He and I are pals from way back. And I also go and stare longingly at the Viscount aircraft because as an apprentice, I learned my trade on Viscounts. Wasn't it a lovely aeroplane? Mm-hmm. The, the, the trick in the day when they were trying to sell the Viscount to people was... Uh, if they're on a, um, a demonstration flight out of UK, the salesman would get a threepenny piece with the flat edges, mm-hmm. and he'd sit it on the table, and it wouldn't fall over. It was so smooth. Wow! <laughs> that was his trick for mm. selling the aeroplane. Yes, yes, I can remember as a very young boy going to some kind of air show in Auckland with my parents, and I, I must have been five, four or five. And a Viscount was the, one of the main um, mm-hmm. t- uh, display aircraft. Yes. I have never forgotten that. Yep. Uh, a very intricate... I'm struggling for the right word here. It's an unforgettable sound to hear the four dart engines mm. uh, flying at their cruising revs, if you like, and the four big propellers going around. It's just a unique noise mm. back in the day. Anyway. And there's also a Bristol freighter... Yes. A ferrymead as well. Uh, well, the nose of one and a friendship, which I also used to work on. Oh, yes, yes. There's an, uh, um, a heavily, I'll use the word sparingly, a heavily modified DC-3 that they used to fly down to the Antarctic. 
and it's still there on its skis with its uh, long nose and its bigger rudder. And, oh, right. And uh, it was one of the early pioneer aircraft in the Antarctic flying. So it's still there as well. Well looked after. The extended nose was to fit radar or something into I it? I have no idea, but it's, uh, it's a bit more pointed than the normal DC-3 mm. nose. Possibly there's radar. I've never actually found or, that. Or a big heater to keep, keep the more, feet of the pilot yeah, warm. It's close to their feet. They can see that. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and then we moved down south a bit further to Ashburton. And I was a member of the Ashburton Museum for quite a few years. Um, my highlight was I was involved with the acquisition of a Harrier jump jet. And there are, to this day, the um, it's a GR3XZ129 is uh, on display down there. Um, and you just have to wonder how this thing could take off vertically. Mm, indeed, indeed. But the, the trick was that the engine put out more power than the thing weighed, so it goes up. Indeed. Yeah, well, that, that's the basic <laughs> that's the, rule. That's the theory. Yeah. yeah. I, I had hoped to drop into Ashburton on the way through, um, well, on, on the way back up to South Island, actually. But it... Um, just didn't fit the plans, so oh, well, and again, plan. that's okay. It gives mm -hmm. us room for um, more time. Now, there's also a Gloucester meteor there at Ashburton. Yep, it's um, it was a an interesting acquisition, if you like. New Zealand had a meteor uh, flying here at at the end of the war. Mm -hmm. We imported one, and um, it was well demonstrated around the country. Short-sightedly, it got broken up. They, th they think it might have been because of some exuberant flying by the young pilots, first right. trip in a jet. And it got uh, uh, and, overstressed the frame. I think it overstressed. But instead of saying, wonderful, we can put it into a museum, it was chopped up. And I don't believe there are any bits of it left anywhere. Right. Possibly an engine. And Ashburton got hold of this one from a museum in Australia, and it's presented in its Australian colours. It right. didn't try to make it look like the one that was here. But it's still flyable or is it static display? It's a static display. Mm. There we are. Sometimes you should really just keep an aeroplane. Yes, indeed, <laughs> yes. Um, not too far from Ashburton is Timaru, and there are a couple of um, displays in the museums there, uh, particularly or looking... Wonderfully, I would suggest, at the plains of Richard Pierce, mm. the, the forgotten pioneer from Waitohi near Timaru. Um, he was a, a young farmer at the turn of the century, and there are schools of thought that say he flew perhaps before the Wright brothers. My view is that he was a gifted amateur. Mm. There are no written, written records. There are records of snow snowfalls that were noted in the area that it was round about the time he flew and it still sits in the 1902-1903 period and so the jury's out I think Yeah. so the Wright brothers are still seen as the, the first people to have controlled flight mm. but uh, take my hat off to him for a young guy with no training um, he had a dream and he pursued it and apparently he did get off the ground uh, he built the engine himself out of Indeed. agricultural bits and pieces. Yes. Uh, there was a gentleman who had built a car in Timaru around about the same time, and he, I think, made the crankshaft. There's evidence about that. Mm. Um, there's a book by Gordon Ogilvy, The Riddle of Richard yes, Pierce. Yes, I've read that. Worth yes. the read. Yes, worth the read. Worth the read. Dear old Richard Pierce. Mm. Unsung hero, but there we are. 
Um, moving on to Dunedin Airport Terminal, there's a, well, there's the Jim Hickey display, the, mm-hmm. the Espresso Cafe, and there's a small um, presentation on, on flying in general. Worth a look. Next time you're spending time in Dunedin Airport, have a wee, mm. wee look round. Uh, inland and slightly south of Dunedin is Gore, and near Gore is the uh, Croydon Aviation Heritage Centre, run, run by uh, uh, Colin and Mava Smith down there, and they f- they focus on de Havilland aircraft. Right. And they were re- recently presented by uh, by the RNZAF, um, a vampire aircraft, de Havilland right. vampire. It had been on display in. Wanaka, and then when that uh, museum there changed hands, it went back to Christchurch, and then it was presented to to Croydon. Nice. And they're hoping to have it assembled sometime this year. Right, I see a photo there that it's yes. sitting on the back of a truck. Yes, it came down by road. Mm. Um, it's a lovely, uh, if you like de Havilland airplanes or airplanes in general, it's worth a visit. And right. I can guarantee there's a really nice cafe there as well. Mm. And... Well, we end up in Invercargill. Invercargill uh, doesn't have anything mm, tangible, but it has a lovely uh, it's a mural, uh, and it's near the cafeteria, showing some de Havilland biplanes. And uh, it's, I think they're full size almost. It's a big mural. So that's, that's our trip from north to south. Mm. There's plenty to see. And, and there's more, like we haven't mentioned the... Toy and Transport Museum at oh. um, Wanaka. Wanaka, yes. Um, How did I miss that out? Which I was in last week. Mm-hmm. And <clears throat> it is the most stunning display and the most disorganised place you'll ever go into. <laughs> um, the problem is they've been donated so much stuff. Yep. They've just had to literally park it in the buildings. There's even yep. a DC-3 there now. Wow. Um, wow. And, and there's... Numerous aeroplanes yep. scattered through, but... There's a, um, I know there's a Friendship in the building, and there's a Hudson in the building. Yes, there's a Hudson, mm-hmm. yes. There's also um, an Antonov. Yes, the big biplane. As things arrive, I think they just move everything back yeah. towards the back wall. And, yeah. and, <laughs> it, it's uh, a pity the th- place actually needs to be curated. Definitely worth the visit, mm-hmm. but... Yep. Um, it, it's... It's it's huge bang for the buck. Indeed, <laughs> indeed, indeed. And they've even got two MiGs. Yes, that's there's right. A, there's a MiG twenty one and there's a MiG fifteen two seater. Yes, it's a it's an eclectic mix. Hmm. So we've also got some memorials to talk about. Yeah, Music yeah. Point. I do remember that. Music Point. Yep. It, it was a radio station back in time, which will appeal to you, I guess. Hmm. Uh, and. Uh, I'm lost for words. It was named after a Captain Edward Edwin Music, and he was a Pan Am flying boat captain. And he pioneered one of the Pacific routes down to Auckland. Mm. And uh, and it's his name has been left behind by the in this memorial. It's just mm. it's just a nice wee story. Is the building in use now? What's it? I'm not sure. Mm. It, the radio station seems to be untouched. Right. It might, it might be a home. Yes, yes. I think there's still aerials on the roof. Mm. And my my favourite pioneer of all times in New Zealand is Mr Will Scotland. Yes. And he had a pioneering flight at Otaki. 
unfortunately he crashed. <laughs> um, but the um, the propeller from his Codron airplane exists, and it's in the museum uh, here in um, Paraparam. Hmm. So it's all around us. Now his memorial, yes, is between the old road and the expressway. Is that yes, right? Yes, it is. Yes, it was easy to get to back in the day, but if you're travelling on the expressway, you'll miss it completely because it uh, crosses the river. Uh, slightly uh, east of... Um, oh, is that the memorial in the little rest area? Yes. If you're yes. heading north, it's just to the right yes. on the south side of the Otaki River Bridge. You got it. Now I know what it is, uh-huh. so I remember... It's a plinth yes. with a yes. sloping top with a, mm. quite a nice um, story on it. Mm, indeed. And then to um, to finish up, <laughs> I used to live in Carterton. And uh, I was exploring around and I was heading towards the Gladstone pub of all places. And here was an airplane up on a pole. And it turned out it was a quarter-scale replica of a Fisher monoplane. Now, Percy Fisher was a very early pioneer and he thought he could improve on a Blerio design with his own engine. He was quite a clever chap. He was trained in the... Lower Hutt Railways workshops. Oh, right. Back yes. in the 1920s, mm-hmm. somewhere around there. Um, and so his memorial is there to this day in Gladstone, the wire wrapper. And uh, we'll just mention Richard Pearson passing again. Indeed. There's a lovely uh, memorial to him at, down at Waitohi, uh, inland of Pleasant Point, mid Canterbury. And that's uh, a, a nice replica of the plane that he is believed to have first flown in. Very rectangular, it's tiny little two-cylinder engine that he built all by himself, and um, an unsung hero in my book. Absolutely. So please make an effort to go down to see Mr. Pierce's memorial Mm. uh, at Waitohi. Indeed. Here we go. Thank you, John. That's been an interesting wander through the museum's memorials of New Zealand. So um, next time you plan a trip... Mark these on your map. I will do. Thank you. (laughs) And I think probably we'll be heading to Invercargill uh, around about March, so I'm definitely going to Gore and definitely going to see the the de Havilland airplanes down there. Excellent. You've been listening to Aviation Past and Present with John Skeen and myself, Graham Joyce. This program is made with assistance from New Zealand On Air for radio broadcast and through the accessmedia.nz website. Thank you, New Zealand On Air.